Hello, Raph. Hello, Mike. It's been a while. It has been a while. I mean, I mean, for us, not really, but you know, we literally just saw each other a few weeks ago, but yeah, (laughs) thank God we saw each other live finally. Yeah, we saw each other live after three years. Something like that. I'm gonna, yeah, what did COVID, yeah, 2020. The last time the last time we saw each other was at Applebee's on 42nd Street. On February 2020. So yeah. it was right before, you know, I am legend began. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, you escaped. I lived the actual I am legend, but without a dog. Uh- <laughs> oh no, it happened here too. It was it was very I am legendy uh, in some I mean, areas. Yeah, but you know, you had like the palm trees and the yeah, the, palm trees that they would the chillness. Charge, yeah, they would find you like a thousand dollars for being near that palm tree. Remember yeah. that? Remember how three years ago you would get fined for being outside, and then right after they found out that that was like yeah. the safest place you could be. Yeah, <laughs> so, I remember. Yeah, uh, crazy, crazy times. Um, yeah, it's sort of like in hindsight, it sounds stupid. Uh, <laughs> well even in the moment people knew it was stupid but everybody just had to figure out something to yeah, do yeah but it was sort of like well the you know the powers that be are telling us this so like i yeah. don't want to get fined and <laughs> yeah and like everybody that ended up getting sick were people that stayed in like a confined area yeah <laughs> so it was like hawaii was one of those places where it was better to be outside than inside because everyone that stayed mm-hmm. inside were the ones that like got it pretty bad eventually but it's like yeah no hawaii is an interesting place like that but you were in new york yeah. where it was cold and being yeah. cramped is just the experience you know uh, yeah being cramped like you can't just go out and chill outside in march yeah. you know uh, yeah i mean you could because it's almost spring right but yeah it was pretty cold and uh i remember just like being locked in my room for like days on end yeah. And uh I don't know, it's just like not taking the subway for a while. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean, luckily I could work from home, so like that was never an issue in terms of like work. Yeah. But yeah, it was just like oh, groceries. Yay. Uh you know, everyone's really yeah. paranoid and you'd listen yeah. to like Cuomo every day on YouTube. Because it was yeah. like, you know, this is what's going on in New York, you know, and you're like, uh, okay, dude. You know what's like, weird? Uh, Cuomo is now more accessible. Like, he doesn't get paid as much. I don't know if he has as much viewers, but he's on News Nation now. Oh, wait, wait, you're talking about? Oh, you mean like the other Governor Cuomo. Cuomo? Oh, I'm talking. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. thinking I'm ta- of CNN I was ta- Cuomo. I'm talking about ex-Governor Cuomo. Oh, ex- okay. Uh, I was thinking of not like CNN Andrew. Cuomo. Is that Andrew? Uh, I or don't Chris? know. No, that's Chris. Chris is I don't know it's funny but 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 it's like it's weird because he got fired from uh CNN which is a cable network and now he's hired on News Nation which is like syndicated like everywhere like you can get it on like antenna so it's like did he did he get fired you know technically did he actually get stepped down if you really think about it he went from a cable network to like a I guess he upgraded antenna Yeah, but you know, CNN is more, I guess, well known than News Nation. Yeah. I guess, there, yeah, there's a name for it. There's a, they're a name, you know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I remember it's just like I mentioned Cuomo because I remember my landlady mm-hmm. uh, was renting out her room, and that's where I was staying. Uh, we, I would put, it, I would put up YouTube so that like she could, like we could watch what was going on. Yeah. And you'd have like Cuomo and she had like the hots for Cuomo. And uh, <laughs> she was saying like, oh, Papa, I was like, like, do you want to get a room or something? Or... <laughs> Papa Cuomo. No, seriously. Yeah. Oh, he really, <laughs> she literally uh... said Papa Cuomo. And I was oh, like, I, uh, I, I feel uncomfortable. Uh... <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> uh... And then I moved out and everything was fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not looking for Papa Raff anymore. Is, no, are you not uh, her? Not her type. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> but you know, she she was the kind of person who wanted to keep like I guess tabs. But I think after being locked up together for like a couple of months, and then right. when I found another place to to go, an actual literally like place, not just like a room. Yeah. Uh, she, I think we were both like kind of sick of each other. <laughs> so, yeah. So it was like. 
bye <laughs> nice meeting you yeah, yeah. <laughs> bye bye and uh you know so um i'm happy that like uh that's like three years ago and we're now <laughs> yeah we're, we're back we're still doing this remote because yeah. you know like yeah. I mean, I mean hopefully same place, but <laughs> yeah, hopefully I can get my ass to New York and we can uh, do one mm. live episode. We we can yeah, we bro. can attempt since we have good mics now, we can attempt our um, yeah. our bar episode again <laughs> with <laughs> with Charlie's Angels. You know yeah. what, what you know what I wish when we did our mm -hmm. Charlie's Angels episode? I wish one, yeah. we had better quality mics and we yeah. were in a quieter area. And two, I wish I didn't try so hard to be nice about it because Elizabeth yeah. Banks is even coming out now saying that like it was basically not the best movie. <laughs> like she yeah. knows it. She knows it herself, and that's why she made Cocaine Bear because she's like, ah, fuck that. I'm not, like, I'm like, she went the yeah. complete other direction of what she tried to do with Charlie's Angels. It's like I haven't seen Cocaine Bear yet, but yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, and like it's like the premise of the movie sounds like a really bad movie, but it's probably a really great movie. And, yeah. Uh, like Charlie's Angels was supposed to be, oh yeah, Renaissance, blah blah, and then oh, Patrick Stewart is there. <laughs> yeah, and they like, do hit the message like a little on the nose, which yeah, I, I'm noticing now with filmmakers, it's starting to get to the point because like my theory is that like there, there there was a reason at the time in like the mid late 2000s where every filmmaker had to like hit on the nose what their message was, but yeah. now it feels like they're all making the kinds of movies they probably wanted to make for a long time. Like Elizabeth Banks can now say, fuck it, I, I'm going to make Cocaine Bear. Or like Justin Simeon, he's a guy that made uh, Dear White People. Mm -hmm. He's now doing the Haunted Mansion because he's like, fuck it, Haunted Mansion, we're doing that now. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, no, I no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to like, I feel like the 2020s are going to be the fuck it era for filmmakers. Thank where goodness. they're all literally just going to make <laughs> what they want to make. And they're just going to be like, whatever, here we go. <laughs> Here's what you get. Well, uh, I I think it's like the 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 industry has changed so much in terms of like people's habits. Yeah. That like you know they can't just bank on, you know whatever the social movement is right now to attract people to the theaters. Yeah. And it's like let's just make a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> or an interesting movie. If it's I mean yeah. I think good is relative. Yeah. But like make an interesting movie. Yeah, like here, here's a movie that's coming out that I want to see, and like, uh, I, just as a disclaimer, I'll just say like, I hope the AAPI version of this exists at some point. You know, if they make Harold and Kumar fifty or whatever someday, <laughs> but it's like, uh, have you seen the trailer for the Blackening? Uh, where no, it's I like, it. where it's like, um, it's like a group of friends, and it's kind of like the joke of the movie is like, you know, in the trope of horror movies, and the black guy dies first, whatever, and yeah. like they're basically like all black right and then it's like it's putting them through like questions with each other like mm -hmm. who's the blackest and they're like what the fuck does the blackest mean and then one guy goes like i i could i couldn't be why because i voted for trump twice and they're like what <laughs> <laughs> so, so when i've been watching that and that's from the guy that made freaking tom and jerry and mm -hmm. fantastic four so i'm kind of like i feel like we're getting to an era where people are just making like sharp satirical stuff that you know they probably yeah. wanted to do for a long time yeah yeah well i think it's like i i feel like we and i'm hoping most people in the in the industry and in the film industry like they've realized that you can't please everybody yeah so just do your thing and yeah. you'll have that hardcore niche audience that'll just like flock to it yeah and they'll love it and that's it and, and also like, do you, you can't just yeah i said continue Sorry. what no like you can't just be like well we're gonna make a movie that everyone loves and we'll put like this it's like the quota like you know like we have yeah. to have this the, in the there fuck? we have to have that in there it's like uh, yeah you know we yeah. have to have a moment where uh people talk about their feelings and whatever i mean okay i uh, that's a bad example because I think that's usually a good part of a movie when people talk about their feelings, but yeah. you know what I mean, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's like when it's like a cookie cutter way of doing yeah, it yeah. almost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, um, like checklist, but I wonder that sometimes like, cause we, we, we delved, we delve a lot into like our opinions of like the, the social 
thing of the time or like mm-hmm. of the moment. And a lot of times we, you know, we do lean a little bit left. Sometimes we lean a little bit like right or so. We're kind of like yeah. toss, toss between left, left, right, center, just because like that's what human beings do in general. Yeah. But it's like my fear is also becoming like, you know how like online there's those like cranky older guys or it's mm-hmm. like there are a lot of people that like came up in a time where you know the industry was throwing money at like basically saying whatever you wanted to say and stuff and then the money dried up and like mm-hmm. they're all kind of like complaining about you know people not coming out to stuff or cancel culture and like blaming and like blaming the audience almost and it's like mm-hmm. sometimes i wonder if we're like I hope I just hope we don't become that, you know, because it's like I want I I want movies to have different messages, different tones. I want them to make people comfortable and uncomfortable. But at the end of the day, you know, our point of view, like our point of view is shaped by our upbringing. And you and me, we grew up like loving film. And I noticed that that's that's going to give us like a certain nuance that most people don't have like mm. you, like we could be talking about the tone when and somebody could hear it and think we're talking about the message or we could be talking about the aesthetic and the editing and somebody could think things we're talking about the i don't know like the black and white of do we like this or not you know mm-hmm. so it's like after a while it's just very like yeah just being honest about kind of like what you like and stuff and I've, yeah. I've noticed that the 2020s trend is starting to be, it's starting to get a little avant-garde, but I kind of, I kind of like it. I don't know. It's like, it's getting to, I don't know. Like like yeah. everybody has their place where it's like the internet or like movies and stuff. And speaking of movies that try to please everybody, you know, this might not be the biggest social message movie out there, but <laughs> there, there was a movie you saw, right? That seemed like they tried to please everybody on the planet because, you know, they're the only big budget game in town at this point. Uh, oh, the Marvel people? Yes, the Marvel people. <laughs> I will call them yeah. by name, the Marvel people. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like... I will uh... do that. I'm going to do the, the, I'm going to do the Andrew Schultz thing and just talk shit about the thing that i want to be a part of until i'm a part of it so because you know that was that was his that, that was his uh, thing he talked shit about netflix move. until he ended up with a netflix special and being in movies so marvel yeah. the fuck was that man, man. man. i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> well like i okay um i i actually wanted to defend ant-man 3 a little bit yeah. it's not the greatest movie but it's not as bad as Thor Love and Thunder, for instance. Um, And to be honest, yeah, it could have been a lot better. But I feel like, you know, we reached Marvel fatigue last year or less. And we probably were six months like in advance compared to everybody else. Because now everyone's like shitting on Atman because it's it's like uh, Marvel. And uh, (laughs) like, uh, it's always the same. And like, well, after 30 movies, um, it's kind of hard to... Like once you have that brand mm-hmm. and way of doing movies, it's kind of hard to get away from that when you know that, or when you have the impression that it like it's worked in the past. Yeah. And but okay, let's talk about Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. There's a lot of parts of the movie that were actually good, yeah. and there are a lot of like it kind of reminds me of Captain Marvel in that they had a lot of puzzle pieces that should have worked but they just didn't put them in the right order right and uh or they just like they just didn't fit and uh but mostly like i like paul rudd i liked um uh you know Evangeline lily i liked johnson jonathan majors is really good in the movie yeah i think a lot of people were like you know i think if the end if okay spoilers from here on out but for ant-man 3 but uh, the ending of the movie, I think the movie would have been redeemed if they had stuck with, I think, the ending that they wanted to do versus mm-hmm. the ending that probably didn't test well in audiences. Yeah. Like, you know, because there's a point in, in the trailer. Um, I know. Have you have you seen the trailers? For I that? saw the trailers, yeah. Right. So there's, a, I don't know if you saw the trailer where there's a moment where Paul Rudd says like, 
uh, I don't have to win. Like, you know, we just both have to lose or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, damn, like, that's like badass. Like it's going to be, he's going to sacrifice himself or something like that. And he sort of does for a moment. Yeah. And uh, the point is like, they're trying to get out of the quantum realm and Kang is trying to get out of the quantum realm because that's sort of like his prison. Oh, like, okay. So like there's an infinite, you know, multiverse and the other Kangs didn't like this one because he wanted to disrupt everything. So they okay. put him, they imprisoned him in the quantum realm. And okay. that's, and the whole point of the movie is him trying to get out of the quantum realm again and, you know, conquer the multiverse and et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and become the, the one who like the one at the end of uh, uh, Loki, like the one above all or whatever he's called in, in the Loki. Okay. So the one, the, the one in Loki is like the main not king but he's like the yeah. one who knows all of that and he, he's yeah is like the evil variant of that yeah pro yeah so he's oh, the one who's king like was the big one i thought i didn't know yeah. king was the variant of the i mean it's you know it's probably a different one who's kind yeah. of similar to that king i i don't know it's like we'll see how it goes but uh like what he wants to do is to destroy the multiverse the same way that you know the the one who knows all does in loki where he just like snips alternate universes in the bud right. and uh you know and um uh it's like and he sort of ties into um what's her name's character michelle pfeiffer's character like she was stuck there for 30 years in the quantum realm before yeah. coming back and she sort of met kang in that period of time and right. tried to help him escape the quantum realm because she didn't know who he was and then she sort of realizes who he was and sabotages his like time traveling ship right. and uh, and then she led some kind of resistance movement against him but most of it is sort of like the whole resistance part of it like i would have liked to see that in the film rather than someone telling me about it mm -hmm. i thought that would that would have been pretty cool and uh, so going back to the ending, uh, so Ant-Man says like, oh, it like, I don't let, you know, Kang says like, you can't win this Ant-Man. It's like, I don't have to win. We just both have to lose. And then he destroys the machine. And that was powering a portal for, uh, you know, Scott Lang to, to get back into the real world, quote unquote, like the big world and mm -hmm. uh, or the normal world. And so he's like, okay, he sacrificed himself so that he and Kang would stay stuck in like the quantum realm. And Evangeline Lily's character, the wasp comes through the portal to help him because like he hasn't come through. It's like, well, where's Scott? And so they're both stuck there for like mm -hmm. five minutes. And then Cassie, who's like, uh, you know, Scott Lang's daughter, Paul Rudd's daughter, mm -hmm. and he'd be like, tr you know, figures something out and opens the portal again. And then they escape the quantum realm. Like, hey, you know, happy ending, blah, blah. And uh, I feel like if they had stuck to that ending, mm -hmm. like they could have just like started off from there for the Avengers Kang Dynasty movie and like, oh, we have to save Ant-Man or Ant-Man comes back. It's like, hey, you know, Kang right. is here, you know, like we have to get him out. Like, I feel like it was a bit of a cop out, not just mm -hmm. a bit like a total cop out, because that would have made the whole movie much more uh, like it would have given it much more weight, I think. Right. And they kind of chickened out at the last minute. And they're like, no, yeah. we have to give people a happy ending. And I think that would have redeemed all the shitty parts that are in the movie that a lot of people are complaining about. Like, I think, you know, a lot of people are complaining about the CGI. They did yeah. the same thing for She-Hulk. I don't see it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, CGI, well, CGI. Uh, yeah. Well, it's like with, not, with yeah. She-Hulk, it was a TV show, right? So like... Yeah the the cgi for the most part i mean it existed a lot but the main event cgi was she hulk herself yeah whereas yeah. ant-man quantumania the entire movie is like it might as well be avatar you know it's all yeah 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 and i mean you know they they sort of it's like they tried to do avatar but less well and yeah. uh but they have some like dune references in it because they ride a monster moth or something and no uh -huh. like a array a manta ray yeah uh, a mini matter ray and the way they they sort of write it is kind of reminiscent of what they do in dune mm -hmm. and they both have kind of like desert garb so it's kind of like yeah it's like this is a dune reference and bill right. murray's in the movie for like five minutes 
<laughs> at some point and he's like michelle pfeiffer's kind of like side piece when she was stuck in the quantum realm oh and uh you know so uh michael douglas's character is like what did you do with my wife and <laughs> <laughs> my life uh but uh but it's um <laughs> but no no because like uh bill murray isn't that what he did in zombieland he just kind of uh, showed up for yeah a yeah while just so kinda... yeah he sort of did a uh you know jeff goldblum um but with a much less important character yeah. and i don't even remember what the character's name was um in the movie but uh yeah he's there for like five minutes and uh, michelle pfeiffer does a bunch of like um uh, i guess like background dump like you know uh <laughs> what's yeah. going on where are we what you know who's kang blah 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 and uh, I think, you know, another part that I, I think probably people didn't like about it is that it's very weird, but yeah. I tend to like weird movies. Like I really enjoyed the weirdness of Dr. Strange too. I know a mm. bunch of my friends back home, like they didn't like, I mean, one of my best friends, like didn't like it because it was too weird. I was yeah. like, well, that's sort of like part of it. Like Dr. Strange is Dr. Strange because it's weird. And I think the quantum realm is the quantum realm because it's yeah. like kind of otherworldly it's another yeah. universe of sorts yeah i always enjoy when you get the weirdest idea and you ground it like um yeah yeah it's like like how far can you go and then like bring yeah. it back to something at the end because that's what rick and morty when rick and morty first came out it became popular for a few seasons like super popular because it almost parodied the franchise fatigue that people were starting to feel already like yeah. we're going to start this episode with Rick shooting a pizza that's shooting an elephant that's killing a, you know, it would just be so all over the place that, and then by the end of the episode, you realize the entire thing was about like getting to know his daughter better or whatever. Yeah. And now even doing that is becoming a trope in itself. Yeah. Where it's like, if you're going to go completely weird, go completely weird. If you're going to go completely grounded, go completely grounded. It's like, Nowadays, it's like you have two ends. You either have the whale or you have Ant-Man Quantumania. Mm -hmm. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. But it's like you have, you know, big CGI fest here, there, whatever's going on. And then you have the whale, which I just saw recently, which is literally like a black box theater play mm -hmm. as as a movie. And that's it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like um, I think what a lot of people don't like about Ant-Man and the wasp quantum mania is it feels a bit hollow and yeah. i have to agree it does feel a bit hollow but it's better than ant-man 2 it's better than ant-man the wasp like the second one oh. like i have to say ant-man 2 it's only redeeming you know at parts were the fights and the car chase like the i think the car chases were the big like awesome part of that movie yeah. and ant-man using a truck as like a you know um like a scooter yeah <laughs> that was fun but it's like but everything about the story of that movie kind of sucked and yeah. um you know the whole like michelle pfeiffer uh possessing paul rudd's body for like five minutes was kind of sucked yeah and i think it was supposed to be funnier than it was uh but i didn't find it very funny and i think a lot of people kind of agree <laughs> with me on yeah. that but ant-man 3 i think the comedy was better than ant-man 2 but yeah. I feel like they did such a disservice to Ant-Man in the second movie, like portraying him as like an idiot a little bit. Yeah. Uh, that it's kind of like you see, a, um, let's say, a part of Ant-Man's personality in this movie that was kind of a bit under, I guess, like understated in other movies where it's like, you know, I think whenever his daughter's involved, like he goes beast mode. Yeah. So sort of like what he did in the first movie. Mm -hmm. and it was like well he didn't really go beast mode but it was like i'm gonna save my daughter like you know it's like that's his thing yeah and uh in atman 3 there's a part of it where he just goes like gigantic is like you like kang has my daughter i'm gonna fucking kill him yeah and i feel like that could have had way more impact if they hadn't portrayed scott lang as being a total idiot in atman 2 <laughs> and being a bit of a, a wimp <laughs> a <Yeah>. little bit <laughs> yep because like atman yeah he's he's kind of goofy but mm -hmm. he's not a total idiot either. And when it comes to his daughter, like he will do anything for her. And right. that's sort of like what they were going for in Ant-Man 3. And it sort of didn't land as mm -hmm. well as it should have. Yeah. 
and uh you know it's kind of like there's this moment where it's like kang you should mess with the wrong guy and but then like kang just like mobbed the floor with him like half an hour earlier in the movie so you're like <laughs> really uh, <laughs> yeah i don't know thing is like uh maybe it's maybe it's a fault in the writing or paul rudd i don't know because paul rudd is always good in my opinion yeah. usually and uh but maybe it was more like he had to be a bit more like reluctant to help out kang because like kang kidnaps his daughter more or less to so like you have to help me fix what michelle pfeiffer fucked up yeah. with your pin particle technology mm-hmm. and uh, so i was like no i won't do it and then like oh, like i will torture you and kill your daughter in front of you multiple times you know just like when loki's stuck in that loop in the, yeah. in the tv show like he was going to do the same thing right. i guess to ant-man but like he doesn't do it maybe he should have <laughs> done it and we should have seen it and then it would have been a bit more you know maybe less family friendly but yeah. i think it would have been the movie would have been better for it just to see that kind of like Dude, just to see much there. You know, you, actually, yeah. you're touching on a point that um, it was it was one of the our like the um podcasts we listened to, or one of the it was either um Double Toasted or Mr. Sunday Movies. It was one of those where they they um mentioned that in order for King to be taken seriously, you need to see him as a threat. Yeah, and you know we've already had the moment where you know a main character dies you know like iron man you've mm-hmm. already had the moment where you know there's like unexpected deaths like in black panther and killmonger kills andy circus because you think andy circus is going to be around forever and yeah. then like he dies like the second you like maybe like i don't know like the second time you see him in the whole movie so it's like so so th- i always wonder with marvel movies how can they be creative about showing how much of a threat like a certain character is like to me that would have been like dark and like nice to see and stuff but it's like if you do the dark stuff too much you start to create a trope within itself where it's like yeah it's like you make problems feel small when you make them too big yeah it's like how quantum is the quantum realm in the world but it just feels flat whereas you can have a movie like the whale which i fucking i i just saw it and it's like and it was a good movie in the fact that it's like it didn't feel flat, but yeah. it was literally just people talking in an apartment the entire mm-hmm. movie. And it, it didn't feel flat, but it also didn't feel like awards bait 100%. It felt like an honest movie. So it's like, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know. It's, I don't know how, I think when Secret Invasion comes out, that's going to be Marvel's chance at like, trying to do something a little more grounded because under uh, other than the scrolls it looks like there's not going to be that much like fantastical stuff going on mm-hmm. like it seems like it's going to be their attempt at like a really grounded series but yeah it's um i would have loved to see something like that i would like to see something like that eventually but like yeah the only of um you know your idea of cassie lane getting killed in the loop like i would like to see something like that at some point but not to the point where you know, that just becomes repetitive, that sort of moment. Yeah. So yeah. like speeches, how that's like, you know, it's always the, the dark it, one, the speech moment. Or maybe, yeah. you know, uh it's like maybe not killing Cassie Lang, but um as a big longtime Naruto fan, there's like a, a part in that anime uh and the manga where um this character Itachi is like a really strong at creating illusions. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to translate this and for, you know, for people who don't know whatever Naruto is about. So this, and he decides to sort of um, like he tortures someone in that illusion, yeah. but like the person who's being tortured feels like it's going on for 72 hours when in the real world, like a second has passed. So mm-hmm. Like I would have seen maybe, you know, uh, Kang could have done that to Ant-Man specifically mm-hmm. and then got him out of it and say, hey, I'll do the same to your daughter if you don't help me. And that would have yeah. been like more. That would have that, that would have fixed the problem. Of, like we don't want to see a young woman get like we don't want to see Scott Lang's 
young daughter get killed over and over again but let's just have him like go through some horrible ordeal uh and uh you know etc etc and i think that could have helped and the ending like just let scott lang and um you know hope von dyne uh just like stay stuck in the quantum realm until the next movie yeah and so that they actually paid a price to save the world for yeah i mean they got snapped in part two and that was like a big moment so yeah so you know hey uh kevin feige uh, send us an email at what we stream podcast uh, at gmail.com <laughs> it's, it's weird out. because marvel marvel at the right moments they know how to like unite everybody like marvel in the 2010s was basically the equivalent yeah. of like a soap opera like yeah. people followed it the same way you would watch like even like dallas when that was a big thing and mm-hmm. it was like you're paying over and over to see the next step in this like soap opera and then endgame was like and it's like their goal of course shouldn't be to replicate that because the more the harder you try you know it's not gonna it might not work out but it's kind of like you know after quantum mania quantum from what you're saying about quantum mania it makes me think of like multiverse of madness where it's just like okay from here like what do you do you know where do you go Mm -hmm. You know, they're they're already talking about bringing Tom Holland back as Spider-Man when you literally just sent him off. So, you know, you need to give us some time to miss him. You can't just bring him back Mm -hmm. the second, like, he's off doing his own thing, you know? Like, that's that's the one thing I hope Marvel does. And Kevin Feige even said there's too much movies and TV shows. But even tone and content-wise of their stuff, I, I feel like, they need to give some time to just breathe for a little bit. Yeah. You know, we, we need to get tired of certain things and then we need to miss them. Like yeah. I'm looking forward to armor wars just because like, even if Tony Stark's not in it, I miss that part of the Marvel universe, you know, the mm-hmm. more technical side. And it's like, yeah, me too. It, it's just, it feels like I miss Don Cheadle. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. What's he, what's he been doing? <laughs> Where, where's he? <laughs> oh man, where's Rhodey? Oh man, where's Rhodey? We saw him in Endgame. <laughs> saw him in Endgame. He's back. That's He's not. It. Oh yeah. He. Oh yeah. He was in fucking in Winter Soldier, right? He, he was oh, there for was like he? ten minutes. Yeah, he was there in like the very totally first forgot. episode. But it's like, yeah, it's like I. I think the the super duper CGI side of Marvel is getting. Mm-hmm. It's just getting old the same way as if, yeah. like, you know, at one point all the grounded well, stuff got old. Like, you know, that's yeah. what they tried to do with all the Netflix shows. And then everyone was like, okay, we need something more. But now that Marvel is just synonymous with big budget adventure in general, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, what? It's like, what <laughs> Like, what do you do? I don't know. Yeah, that, that that's the right word. Like, what? <laughs> Like what? Like what? What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to just stop making movies? I don't know. They're basically paying for Disney at this point, so it's like, well, you know, it, it's for, yeah. <laughs> I think like they have to kind of do some more long term planning because I feel like after Endgame, just yeah. like following it up with uh, what was it, Spider Man Far yeah. From Home, uh, just like give us a, like a big i mean we sort of had a big break i think because yeah. of uh the disney plus shows coming out later because covid yeah. uh but you know um just like we don't have to have of uh, all the movies and tv shows at the same time i feel like what they're doing with star wars maybe unintentionally is and maybe just because of production, you know, limitations like Mandalorian season three. I yeah. re- I was really looking forward to seeing it because I haven't seen Mando since, uh, you know, Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. But I haven't seen like a Mando centric, just like TV, you know, season of right. like just like the season of Mandalorian season two came out two years ago. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I've waited two years to see uh, the Mandalorian, like just being the Mandalorian. Right. and uh just with his own tv show and like this is the way and et cetera, et cetera. and i wanted to know like how will he redeem himself yeah you know after taking off his helmet mm-hmm. and everything and i mean even from book of boba fett has been a year and a lot of other shits come out like 
Marvel is, has been like publishing new TV shows like every three months, more or less. Yeah. Uh, or every four months with, in addition to the movies that have been yeah. coming out. And you're like, uh, I don't need all that stuff. Like, I appreciate that it's there, but I don't need it. Yeah. And then you're like, it's too much. I can't keep track of everything. And like a lot of people in my personal, like in my family, even they're like, I don't want to have to watch the TV shows to get the movies. Yeah. And that was sort of the point of, well, I haven't seen Loki. So you don't know what, I mean, you can like, you can watch Ant-Man three and be like, Oh, Kang is a new villain. But right. like, if you knew what was happening and like, you wouldn't understand the post credit scene in Ant-Man. Like there's one where Loki's there. So if you didn't see yeah. the TV show, like, oh, why is he there? Yeah. Or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Or uh, Wanda, WandaVision. If you haven't seen WandaVision, you don't really get what's happening in Doctor Strange 2. Yeah. Well, my suspicion is that, like, Kevin Feige is trying to make us tired on purpose so that we want the break. <laughs> and then once we he's have the break, well, make us, like, yeah. miss it. Because, like, what I noticed about Ky- Kevin Feige is he's very strategic there does mm-hmm. come a point though when I'm like, okay, I think like he didn't think it would go off the rails as much, but it's like, I I, I think to a degree, he's trying to replicate the phases of comic books and yeah. you know the, their trends and their pattern books. He's trying to replicate that for film because if mm-hmm. you look at like the history of comic books, there's always a moment where, like like World War II, there's certain comic books that come out and there's only so much. And then all of a sudden there's a boom in production because of like, you know, ink got cheaper or something. So there's just a fuck ton of comic books of like whatever, whatever you want. And then people get tired of that. So they want the grounded stuff. And I part of me is like wondering if Kevin Feige is trying to replicate the just the socioeconomic trends of comic books and just applying them to movies. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what he's going to try to do. I think that's what's going to happen. Like we talk about this a lot with like anime, like once our generation like starts running stuff or even like the ones younger than us start making movies. Like right now, Marvel is synonymous with like, if you are a fan of, I don't know, freaking Jack Ryan movies in the late nineties. Right. Whereas Marvel was the little weird thing to be into. Now Marvel's the big thing, but most people are younger than us. It's like the the weird thing to be into now is like Hunter x Hunter or like yeah. something like Naruto is like, like I underestimated how popular Naruto is. Like, oh man, they're, it's huge. It, 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 no, it's huge. <laughs> no, I knew it was like super popular, but it's just like I underestimated how much of a generational yeah. show that's starting to become. So it's like, like even like I want to see Creed 3 specifically for the reason that uh michael b jordan said the fight scenes are six are um are um they're inspired by dragon ball z naruto yeah, yeah. and the, the costume design was actually dis- uh, like his shorts were inspired by akira so i'm kind of like okay so huh. and and michael b jordan isn't that much older than us so i'm kind of like okay so our generation is starting to get into like the mix of like all of this so yeah. what's the movies gonna look like and like um with star wars See, I want Marvel to do something like what Star Wars is doing because Marvel has like a lot of flash in the pan shows that happen. And like mm-hmm. the Mandalorian now is like the equivalent of what like a Western show was back in the 60s mm-hmm. or like it's the equivalent of even what the Incredible Hulk was in like the 70s. Yeah. Where that like where you just take like a man on the run show, like a soap opera kind of format that you can just apply to they basically applied the soap opera format to Star Wars or the Western um, old TV show format to Star Wars. And it's like, you know, I think they're going to have to start experimenting more with adapting different formats for Marvel because we can't just keep having big budget movies, but we also can't keep having like eight episode clusterfucks that if you don't watch it, you don't get it. Anything, yeah, well, it's know. like, I mean, even oh, in by the way, you're gonna get cut movies, off, so oh, yeah, you wanna... yeah, I'm just gonna finish my thought okay. if, if yeah. I may. Uh, yeah. but like, you know, even the big budget movies, they could play with genres a bit more. I feel like, yeah, it, you know, doesn't all have to be Marvel, uh, yeah. it can be Marvel <laughs> horror, which is what they did with uh, you know, the the werewolf uh, thing, yeah, uh, I can't remember, what the name of it. yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, so I mean. 
Marvel should play more with genres in the movies yeah. as well as because yeah they're doing that in some of their TV shows or you know their Disney Plus specials you know that they're doing and uh, yeah I don't know like they really have to I think double down on certain genres and yeah differentiate a little bit you know in the movies themselves because a lot of people don't watch the Disney Plus shows yeah and, you know and even if you do I think you want that same level of variety in the movies right so you know food for thought Kevin Feige as you know as I said before email us at what hey, we stream what we podcast at gmail.com yeah. Some ideas. <laughs> yeah oh man I, I still I still believe that instead of bringing back Wolverine, they should just bring in Dakin and X twenty three, like because yeah. uh the girl that played X twenty three in Logan, like she's she's older now, right? So yeah, she could like be a full fledged X twenty three. Yeah, I think she's almost like a grown adult nowadays, like because she she was in uh she she's like because she kind of grew during his Dark Materials, like that TV show. Yeah, like, and then like, she still looked like a kid, and now she looks like a full blown like. You know, like adult, yeah, adult, yeah. But it, but it's like, yeah, and it's like, I, she, she's like one of those actresses where it's like after Logan, you would see her here and there. You never got tired of her, so it would be mm-hmm. fun to revisit that character yeah. as an adult. Like, holy shit, I remember this. You know, her face wasn't like splattered on every Netflix show for like a few years. It was like, yeah, it's like you gradually like miss her. And then Doc Ken would be like an interesting one because he's almost like like that the anti like the bizarre wolverine but he's like wolverine's son they could mm-hmm. do a lot of those stories that they do with batman now they could do a lot of those with wolverine and that would be more interesting than just recast wolverine you know yeah but I mean, uh what yeah. was that? i i don't know <laughs> no, okay, <laughs> i was i was pulling for something to come out of uh my ass i guess and then i'll you know, say it out loud but nothing came out. So great. Well, I'll leave you with that uh, visual. Uh, I'm, <laughs> image. I'm, I'm, I'm just ignoring that image right now because <laughs> I'm drinking coffee. Thank you, uh, everybody. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> but um, where was I fucking going? I don't know. Anyway, so we only got 10 minutes left. And I, I want to dedicate a whole episode to this eventually. But I want to talk about The Last of Us for a little bit. Yeah. Because that's the one show I'm binging. Actually, you know what? Scratch that. The last show I binged was that 90s show that, that happened in like a day. Yeah. Uh, and that, I don't know if that's considered a binge watch. It was just like a in the background sitcom, which is the purpose of the thing. Not mm-hmm. insulting it, but it's like. <laughs> I got insulted right now. Yeah. Do you feel triggered? Is that even a thing? Is that is that still a term? Is there like a new? I mean, it shouldn't be anymore. Are you hurt? Honestly. Are you. Like... You know, did the intrusive thoughts win? That's one I saw. Intrusive thoughts. Well, it's like, I mean, being triggered is a thing, but I don't see like why that should upend your life. You know, it's not a buzzword anymore. (laughs) Yeah, it's not a buzzword. I don't know. It's like don't don't like don't you like watch something and then it'll and then it'll remind you of something that happened in your life like ten years ago and like oh I don't want to think about that and like. Well, I'm not gonna write an email. It's like this made me feel of the time someone pulled my pants down in college, you know. And all quiet and, on the Western Front reminds me when I forgot my underwear that one day. <laughs> you know. Oh, sorry, it was a dream. <laughs> Twas. <But> still, <laughs> I was traumatized by my dream. <laughs> all right, I only have ten minutes. So I got. I got to get through this. Um, Last of Us. Yes. So Last of Us Andy. is yeah. a show I really like. I I want to do a whole episode about it because it is the most wholesome. I would say it's the most wholesome, optimistic HBO show I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's the first HBO show that I can think of off the top of my head that doesn't have boobs and dicks for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, you know, it, that's saying a lot for an HBO show. <laughs> yeah, and like everything is like necessary. It's like with Game of Thrones, right? There was a lot of necessary, but it it, it was yeah. also a let's see what we can do and get away with kind of show. Like, let's kill a kid in the first episode. Let's chop off a head. Let's have Jason Momoa you know, fucker. Like, she's yeah. crazy. And you Last know, of Us is literally just like, yeah. it's like every episode is oddly wholesome. And even the episode where, you know, the, the two, 
the father and the son, you know, it's like the son gets infected and it's like sad, right? But it's like the whole episode leading up to that was like an yeah. oddly wholesome bonding. Like they're brothers, thing. man. Like, yeah. Oh, they're yeah. brothers. Oh, yeah. They're brothers. Yeah, they're brothers. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like that thing is like it's a show that doesn't pull any punches, but it doesn't do great, like gratuitous shit, which yeah. is what Game of Thrones did all the time with nudity yeah. and you know whatever and it was like oh this guy's gonna be, have an extra gruesome death and you yeah know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's like yo mountain of two dicks and he has like two dicks or something right it's like they're not <laughs> they're, not, they're not doing that in the show of the two dicks clan <laughs> it's the night like, of two dicks and five eyeballs why because i felt why? like it because george R. R. Martin was high. <laughs> i'll show you <laughs> And then um, I, I I always laugh that Terrifier 2 is so known for being gory, where like the most basic Game of Thrones episode, like even House yeah. of Dragon, how the guy got his head yeah. cut off, but his tongue was still working. And I'm like, what yeah, the f- what the fuck is it? Like, yeah, but it was like, uh, I mean, honestly, uh, House of Dragon kind of, I feel like they've they've toned it down a lot. Like, yeah. it doesn't feel like there is gratuitous shit just for the sake of gratuitous shit like the guy actually dies for a reason it's just like they made his death like extra weird yeah <laughs> so, just for the hell of it whereas the, the last of it. us is like it's like it's different from walking dead because it's like not as gratuitous like the stories don't drag as much and it's yeah. like it's like if walking dead it, it, it reminds me of like The Office, right? Like yeah. The Office season one, they were basically just trying to replicate the UK show. And by season two, the note they got was we need to just like end on a little bit of like optimism just because, you mm-hmm. know, people are dedicating their time to the show. Just have a little bit of umph at the end. And The Last of Us kind of feels like that, where it's like maybe the umph doesn't come at the end. Yeah. But they're just our gradual like you know wholesome bonding moments like all of episode three all of the most recent episode left behind and you know it's basically like shrek and donkey but a (laughs) but a fungus show fungus people they're not zombies they're like like, fungus people or some shit right well well, it's like uh you know game of thrones feels like you know like survivor uh -hmm. where it's like every other character is trying to fuck over the other one point or another yeah and uh yeah i mean you have some heartwarming moments but i never felt like they were really that like wholesome yeah but like the last of us feels like every episode horrible things happen to good people but you still feel like um you know it's still you still feel good about it because those people despite all the shitty stuff that happens they still try to move forward or be kind when they can yeah and you know uh not counting the crazy kansas city lady and her minions uh, <laughs> oh yeah she, she died a lot earlier than i thought okay so yeah. here's the thing i love about that because like um the last of us from what i'm reading is that a majority of the scenes are like cut and paste from like the game like it's like mm-hmm. cut scene the movie basically yeah. So they're just kind of like throwing it all together but it's like there are moments where like i'm never gonna stop loving the scene in um was it episode three or four where you know the truck accidentally makes a big ass hole in the ground and all the cordyceps like come out yeah, and, yeah, like yeah, attack yeah. i so that's that's how I think you should adapt video games. It's like I, I don't know how to describe it. It felt like every everything before that was like a great setup. And then that moment felt like I was in Dave and Buster's playing House of the Dead. Yeah. Like like it brought me back to that feeling. And it's like I feel like I earned it. And I think mm-hmm. live action has they have a job to do that. You have to earn the bombastic moments when you when you're a live action adaptation of something that was like formerly animated or could be crazy in the animated world like your job as live action is still to be kind of grounded and i think that's like why like again why anime adaptations don't work because they throw you in the world immediately and they're like accept it and it's like no i just got here but it's like the last of us was like it was very grounded very heartfelt very stuff 
And then it was like, are you ready for this shit? And all of them just pop out of the ground and it's like, yeah. ah, and like, this is what I was waiting for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's, yeah. it's like, is there s- such a thing as like an op, the opposite of a deus ex machina moment, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uno ex machina. I don't forget. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Because like that, that was like a deus ex machina moment where it's like, oh, well, they're, they're, they're fucked. And then yeah. this truck <laughs> falls down in a hole and all these cordyceps come out. So mm. it, that moment kind of saved them, but also fucked up the whole situation as well. Yeah. So, so you know, they, if you're going to do deus ex, whatever, yeah. just do that. Like a moment that actually puts everyone in peril versus just like one person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that, that moment said like almost fuck it to the, like, we need like yeah. a grounded decision-making because up to that point, you feel like the whole show is like, everything is going to be like this grounded and yeah. I'm going to make tough personal decisions. Should I kill the brother or the daughter or the da da da? And by that point, it was like, fuck it. Everyone dies. Wow. It. And then everybody just, <laughs> and all the shit just runs out the ground. And it's like, it, it almost, it, it almost threw me for a loop, but like in the best way. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I love The Last of Us right now. It's almost like the anti everything else show. You know, it's optimistic when it needs to be, it's cynical when it needs to be. And like, you know, I feel like Netflix kind of ticks a crown now of like unnecessary like gratuity, I guess, yeah. right? Gratuitousness. Yeah. So HBO, I don't know what HBO does. They just know what they eat. I don't know what they, 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 they drink, know, but they, they just know perfectly do it right, what to give you. I don't know every <laughs> single time. The people can talk shit about Warner Brothers Discovery all the time. I don't know what they're doing. They want to turn everything into magnolia network you know magnolia network presents yeah. last of us one day I'm, I'm i don't kinda, fuck yeah i'm <laughs> kind of worried about the the discovery uh you yeah. know the effect of discovery on hbo like yeah. not hbo max but i mean hbo hbo yeah and um like i just hope that we're gonna still have stuff like last of us and yeah i don't know because i feel like it's the last one that began production before the discovery acquisition yeah so um we'll see we'll see well we will end on that for what Mm -hmm. we stream even though you know we also talk about what we watched in theaters right raf yeah that we watched in beautiful theaters definitely definitely need our support yes yes (laughs) i think they should improve theaters uh and just make them clean yeah (laughs) that would be the first step yeah but either way right we we support theaters yes yes Yes. Yes, we do (laughs) Yes. Yes. No one will say otherwise. Uh, <laughs> nope. Anyway, where can they find us from? <laughs> okay, you guys can find us on uh, all the major podcasting platforms. I'm not going to mention them all, but you know the big ones like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Audible, Amazon Music. I think I'm not sure if they're distinct nowadays, but you know, yeah. Audible, Amazon Music, whatever. And uh, you can uh, follow us on Instagram at What We Stream. And, uh, you know, Kevin Feige sent us an email at what we stream podcast at gmail.com and we can talk ideas. And if not you, hey, James Gunn, we're here. All right. Yeah, James Gunn. Yeah. DC stuff.